Hello. 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 How did are we? Get we? Pub- did we get to see public interaction on this one? We do. If people are, if people watch us, and um, we can actually I can put comments and everything up. Oh fab! Oh, you know, we should have this conversation before we started the video. I know. It's you know on your computers. You know with that countdown. Do you get the yeah. full countdown? Because mine's like twenty-six, yeah. seventeen, eight. Yeah, and I get the full countdown. It's just your computer. If anyone asks, Ian's had computer issues all night. To the point where he's arguing and shouting at his computer, and me and Martin are just peeing ourselves, laughing at him. Yeah, laughing. We do feel sorry for him, but you know, no, you don't. No, you don't. Mr. Technology. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. If you felt that sympathetic, you'd buy me a new computer. I'm not that bothered. I'm not that rich. Yeah, you bag of shit just sitting in the corner. I'm not that rich. I can't afford to buy No, that. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I like you that much, but not enough to buy you a new computer. Sorry. Not oh, man, it's not even that old. Okay. I can't a prostitute. <laughs> you know what? I'm all right. I can get my own. I get a frequent flyer discount now. Is right. Know, that's the conversation we want to start this off with. <laughs> I'll buy you a prostitution. prostitute. You're not going to buy one. I don't want one full time. It's fine. I'm just going to say good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, or whatever it is. You were going to say good night, bye. I was going to say good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that bye now. I don't know what's happening. That feels done. Um, so, we talked last week about relationships, okay? And then we, we kind of stumbled on a few other conversation topics that we kind of wanted to do, which... Tonight, we're going to look at how we've all coped with grief and how we've maybe struggled through it, especially with, you know, the mental health side of things and how we've dealt with it. Um, and we all three of us have been through major losses. Uh, Martin with his mum and his dad, Ian's parents and my mum as well last year. So we've all had that. We've all had that turmoil of being uh, destroyed at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. Because um, I just I just want to go in like the background of us and how we've all coped with that. Because I know, I know personally I've struggled. And I'm, you know, you, you, people say, oh, you know, it gets easier by the days. And, you know, it kind of does, but... Does yeah, really... you kind of learn to live with it. You don't get over it. You just learn to live with it, don't you? Mm. That's the yeah. thing. And like your emotions. Have you just got like... that point though, where it, you kind of get a bit of a guilty feeling as well because it, they haven't come to mind? Sometimes no. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes I do a thing because if if I haven't sort of like acknowledged them like for a day or two, and then you're like shit, mm. and you get that like I mean, little guilty really bad feeling. Bad. I've missed, I've forgot about the birthdays. And then, like, a couple of days later, it'll come up on social, well, one of the family will say, How are you, are you okay? And I'm kind of like, Oh, shit. I totally forgot. Forgot. Yeah. I mean, I'm like that with the living. So I don't see what yeah. part of need to be any more favorable. Exactly. But, uh, I don't care. Yeah. Probably looking at me going, Anyway, nob. <laughs> um, what would you buy me while I was here anyway? 
No, do, do you know what? Because like I've got, I think I've got me my sentence. Go. Uh. <laughs> um, so now, like, you've been through like that, and how did you cope on like the first? Like, you've got that full year of first things that are going to happen without them. How? How did That's you? That's hard cope? to be fair. I think, do you know when you're in, when, say, the first year, I do think it's really hard. And it is. It's, and it's like first birthdays. It takes you right back to that moment of when they actually pass. And you're in that moment again. So you feel it. And it's yeah. just, it's, it's horrible. And it's the same with like Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, your birthday. It's all. It all takes you right back to that moment of like when they pass and you do feel like you do go through that whole emotion again. Even though you might like, well, you might cry about it, you know, but it just, it all, you all feel, just like you feel the exact same way. And it's like you're in that, you're right back to that moment again. And it's horrible. Yeah, because I had my first birthday without it in December and I know all week up to that I was just like because people like planning stuff for me and you know when you're in your head and you you know it's a nice thing they're doing but in your head it's just like go away yeah because I, mean, I, I was really against because I would ideally if COVID wasn't hit and we were out of a lockdown I was going away for my birthday I wasn't having my birthday this year this, that was just out the window oh where would we going what where would we going me and the dog. Me and the dog were going for a, a log cabin, a caravan. I don't care. I was just getting out the right. I was getting out of Liverpool and out the way of people. I didn't want anything. Oh, you selfish bugger. I suffered a hangover because of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. No, but I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, no, it was it wasn't the easiest one this year. But no, I think... and I don't think I think the first couple are like that. To be fair, I mean, mm. it's like you say, it does. I don't think it gets any easier when you've lost someone. I think you get used to it. It doesn't get yeah. easy. Where people say times a great healer, it's not. It doesn't heal fuck all. You still feel it the exact same way. You mm. just learn to live with it, and it's just anniversaries that like. And special occasions where that certain them certain people be there with yet they're not. That's where you feel it again. Cause you and lost cause you lost your mum when you were quite young, weren't you? Yeah, I was forty. Well, just saying fifteen when my mum passed. So how how did that affect you growing like especially when you're in school, how does it kind of affect you? Because you, you your brain's still developing at that point. Your emotions mm. are gonna be everywhere anyway, because you're a teenager and a little Get of a one, I can already imagine. Do you know what? I was a good boy. <laughs> really? I was a fucking swat, mate. Don't believe. I was a fucking... Do you know what? Seriously, I was a good kid. I was a good kid. I would have said boots of a goose. It's only when I had senior school and fucking hell, I think, you know, going to an all-boys school and realising you're gay. Fuck me. That's a whole other issue. But losing my mum at that age, especially, like, you know, realising what's going on and, like, mm. the way my dad was. And I say my dad was, like, from old school. Now, you know, men with boys had to go with girls, none of that sort of stuff. So I was sort of, like, 
having to have what's that phrase call it that little you know you're having to have just go with girls for the sake of it just to keep people happy yeah like, you're just kind of speaking it aren't you just going with the flow yeah it was like you know but then again any always a goal back then so i went ass in my case it still is yeah, true. it's not for me now i'm simply a sausage kind of guy <laughs> i think after seeing my sister-in-law naked that was it that put me right off women for life <laughs> I can't tell she, does she know that story? We does she know that you? She was the one who put you off women for life. No, I've got fucking forces to the law. So they'll all have to guess which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> they'll all be sitting there now, looking at going. Yeah, I can understand. I never. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's just it was. I'd say it's difficult, especially being so young, and because I had younger brothers. And as I say, my dad's health wasn't the best, so I kind of, like, left school early anyway, so to, like, make sure they were all right and make sure my dad was okay. I kind of turned to, like, Cinderella in the house, making sure all the bedding was clean, they had clean uniforms, my dad was looked after. Mm. And then as soon as I turned 16, it was like, right, you're going to fucking work. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can yeah, bring some money in now. Exactly. <laughs> and then he took fucking keep the bastard. So we should. I believe you yeah. should. No, you need to give keep if you're in the house. Pay your way. Listen, my first wage packet was 45 quid and he took fucking 25 of it. <laughs> you know what? The worst thing about it, mine was 20, was it 27.50 on a YTS? And my mum took like fifteen quid of that. I was like, "For fuck, fuck what? Wow!" <laughs> I mean, get, don't get me wrong. He gave it most of it back, like Jordan the week, because of his fucking skin. But <laughs> he's still fucking sucky. Teach him a lesson. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, do you know what? Part play, play to the fella. He taught me valuable lessons, and you know what? Tell me, fucking good going so far. So I'm happy. Yeah. What was like the length of time between your mum and your dad going? How long? Twenty-one years. So, did did kind of going through that with your dad at that age did it bring you closer or? Oh my god! Yeah, it... my dad was my best mate. Absolutely. As I say, I don't know. As I say, it's going to sound really bad, but I think I grieved more for my dad than I did my mum. Hmm. Because I can't really remember the grieving part of my mum, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, you were, you were quite young, though, weren't you? And... I'd say, yeah, I was quite young and everything was going on. My whole body was going through God knows what hormones and puberty and all that shit. And you then trying to keep up appearances. And so I think I was in a bit of a fucking whirlwind for years. Because your mum, how, if you, can answer it but how did your mum pass mum passed the cancer so because i i just want to kind of get because like i know how i dealt with mine but with that did you kind of grieve along the way of her illness I, or yeah you kind of do because well to be fair we didn't expect my mum to be didn't expect my mum to pass the way she did to be fair yeah i mean it was just kind of like 
we thought she was fine. We knew she was ill. And it was, she her and my dad went away on like a little weekend away. And, you know, so you think they were, you thought they were like, she was fine. Yeah. And then something happened. And then she had to come home early. And then she went to Clatterbridge on the Saturday, come home on the Sunday. And we got told on the Sunday that, you know, she's dying. And then she passed on the Tuesday. So it was literally like Within a few days. Within a few days. So you just literally, I mean, it's horrible being told that at any age. I mean, I was 15. So it was just, it was a difficult age anyway. And I'd say I had younger brothers who were like, my youngest brother was seven. I mean, and for them to be told, it was just, and then because we never told my mum, it was kind of like, don't tell her because we don't want her to be scared or anything like that. And you're kind of like, you're looking at this person and you're just spending every god for second second with them, even though they were just asleep lying on the bed or what. You never left the side because I know I never. And mm. I was a proper mummy's boy. I mean, yeah. I would say, I loved my dad, but my dad was all where my other brothers were like football and boxing and karate. I was never like that. I hated all sports. I couldn't be asked. So when my dad would be out of a Sunday morning, Saturday and Sunday, taking my brothers to football, it'd just be me and my mum going shopping or whatever. God, she should have told me I was a fucking bender. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was a proper mummy's boy. So as I say, I think, but I think Lewis and my dad, I think, because it's, it's, well, it's still, as long, it's like only five years. It still feels like yesterday. Mm. So the grief is still quite, as I say, I don't feel like, you know, it's raw, but I feel like I might have grieved more for my dad because he was in my life longer, if that makes sense. Yeah, and especially if it's like brought you closer. Yeah, and as I say, because I became my dad's carer and everything, looked after him, made sure the house was fine. I was like, let fucking Cinderella me. (laughs) Only I never went to fucking ball. (laughs) Oh, bless you. I know, my Prince Charming never fucking came and sweeped me off in a fucking pumpkin. <laughs> I'll get Ian onto that for you. I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do. Now we're out of lockdown, I'll, I'll get an, um, a carriage. I know, I can't fucking wait to meet up with people. Oh, no. I know. Can I just go back to you, Mum, a sec? Come on, then. That's all right. So, like, I know you said it was quite quick, but, like, just from diagnosis to passing, how 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 quick? It was four years my mum had cancer for. She literally battled it for four years. She got told she was in remission twice. Yeah. And this is where, you know, every time I... Because my mum had breast cancer. Um, every time you know, if I hear a girl say, oh, I'm going for a... You know, to get bigger boobs or implants or whatever. Yeah. My mum was at that age, you nowhere. Know, Remember when there was a recall on silicone? Yeah, like yeah. going back years ago. I'm going to go Well, yeah, because I can remember it because yeah. it was like back in the like late 90s, early noughties, there was a recall on silicone because you couldn't see behind it. Yeah. So when me, when me mum went to have no like a checkups after a year or whatever and got told she was in remission, because she'd had the implant, 
the cancelled group behind it. So, oh, and every time she went for the mammogram, it weren't showing up. So, they were saying you were cancer-free. And it's like, I don't know what. I mean, I thought it would have shown up in blood tests, to be fair. But because you've had cancer or you were going through treatment, the blood yeah. tests were coming back as inconclusive anyway. So, they were going off scans. Yeah, yeah. So, and because they couldn't see it, she got told she was in remission. And then when she found another lump on the other side, and because it moved, they were like, oh, it's a cyst. It's a cyst. You know, you're fine and you don't need to go for a mammogram. And then, lo and behold, it just started to spread everywhere. Poor cow. Bless her. Exactly. As I say, she suffered, but... Well, at least you got a bit of time with her. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I class myself luckier than most. I mean, I look at my little brothers and... They only had it for, what, seven years? Or, like, my youngest yeah. brother. And, you know, when you're younger, you can't really remember past, like, toddler age, can you? You can't really no. remember up, like, yeah. four or five. Yeah. I mean, my mum got sick when he was three, my youngest brother, and she passed when he was seven. So all, he's no, all he knew was her being sick, mm. where I had all mm. my childhood up until the age of, what, 11, 12, where I had a mum. So I count myself luckier than most because I've got memories where they haven't really. Yeah. And the ones that they've got are kind of clouded by sickness. Well, that's it. I mean, you've got the happier memories where, as you say, all they can, if, probably if they picture it, is it being sick and what. Exactly. You know, wearing wigs, losing a hair, going through treatment, losing a breast, all that. That's all they can think of. I mean, my youngest brother is... He's emotionally scarred because all he ever known is sickness. I mean, my mum died, then my dad got sick and he was in and out of hospital from, you know, pretty much like 10, five years afterwards. So yeah. it's just, mm. they've had nothing but scare after scare after scare. So where I, as I say, I do class myself lucky the most, especially when it comes to that. I mean, I might we might have only had it for a short time, but the time that we did have it was amazing. That's all you can ask for, isn't it? Exactly. So I'd say I count, I count my blessings with that. Right, because I want to move to Ian. Okay, because I know you. I know because like we do the other little bits of stuff that we do, like the ghost hunts and the psychic nights and all that. Um. But I know you tell a story of one of your first experiences with your dad after he passed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Did, before you explain it, did that help your grieving process or did it kind of... Oh, God, no, it, it was a really peace? good help. It gave me peace. Trying to explain um, what actually happened. Okay, just to fill you in, uh, my dad passed away when I was 16. Um. To be honest, really sudden. He'd had pneumonia, and then he seemed to get better, and then had a total relapse, and his heart basically just gave up. Um, more or less, it happened within a week of him getting sick to him passing. And I'd say he wasn't ill beforehand, and he was just diagnosed with pneumonia, but it put too much of a strain on his body. So come the the day of the funeral, 
torn to bits because if you ask any of my family, I was I was his number one. I was his favourite. I know you as a parent, you're not meant to have favourites, but I was. And God, I played on that. <laughs> as you would do, you know, a little bit extra. Well, to the point where if my mum wanted something, it was for me to go and ask him. It was like, go on, you go on. We'll be fine. He'll say yeah to you. Like, okay, yeah. So um, the night of the funeral, as you can imagine, um, I just wanted to be on my own. I was in my room. And as I've said, I don't know whether it was psychological or you know the emotional state. But in my mind, I got him. He came and visited me. Um, he never spoke. He just sat at the end of the bed and just gave me that look of, I can only describe it as everything's okay. He looked well. I know it sounds weird when passing on, but he came back and he looked like he was at peace. He was happiest I think I've seen him in a long time. Oh, that's lovely. And that kind of gave me the reassurance of, you know what, it's 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 hitting like hell, but it's not for forever. Mm. But I'd say the weird thing about it all is we were saying about over the years and things coming back to you. My son is actually born on the same date as my dad passed away. Obviously, all them years difference. Yeah. So every time his birthday came up, it was kind of a mixed emotion because mm. I get mm. the flashbacks and all that kind of me dad passing, but I had to be, I was overjoyed, obviously, because it was my son's birthday. So yes. it was a really, it is, well, it still is. It's a you can imagine weird, it being a bit of a head fuck. Oh, God, it, it was because I say, I mean, emotionally, it was just kind of. Fucking hell, <laughs> you know, because I say anniversaries come round and you still remember the person. Exactly, you're right back there again. You're it's back shit. there again. I couldn't let anything like that affect me because obviously it's my son's birthday. Exactly. So you, and you know what, though, being spiritual, you, you can see the sort of like, how could I put it? You can think of it like that's a gift, can't you? Like his birthday was the day that he'd, so he's trying he to give you like, a positive memory instead of a negative yeah. one well that's how i do it it's because that my philosophy of no matter what negative things happen in your life strangely enough there can be a positive outcome of it yeah and to me that proves it to me yeah one so. or a birth of another one yeah and they say that don't they want you know one, one, one go yeah yeah uh, yeah, um, it's as I say, I mean, it's still, as you put it, it's a bit of a head fuck, but you kind of got used to it and you just accept it. Yeah, and I like the fact that now being spiritual and all that, you know there's a bigger picture than that, and you know there's a other side, and you know the happy yeah. and the well and the healthy, and they're mm. just living their life in another way. Well, that's it, because I say when he came, and I, in my mind, he came. There might be people watching this going, oh, it's chatting bollocks here. Don't believe in all that stuff. And that's fine. You, you've got, um, you're allowed your point of view. But to me, it happened and it made me feel better at the time. So it's like I've had lots of like similar experiences. I've not seen, so 
only when we were doing that group the other week and we'd done that meditation and you know we, i see my mum and dad clear as day and i was gone I was an emotional mm. wreck for about 20 minutes and I couldn't come on camera. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not crying on camera. I'm not letting any of you see me cry. Even though I was bawling my eyes out for about 20 minutes, I'm going, Leah, you're a fucking wreck. But I can remember, I know, I can remember, I think it was like, it must have been about four years after my mum passed and my dad came in the living room and all of a sudden there was this big rush of like pink light that sort of like came no like a couple of seconds after them and mm. sort of just like engulfed them and i was sort of like taken back by it and i was i was with an ex at the time and i went oh my god and he was like what i went my mum's just come in the room and he went fuck off i went he went, can you see it i went no i went i've just felt my mum come in the room and she just come round me dad and he was like, Oh well that's nice. My dad had a massive heart attack that night. Told Christ. <laughs> and but you know what? With that the way it came across and the fact that I, like you said, it was that knowing feeling that everything was gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. That and it was. I mean <clears> it was <throat> intensive he was in intensive care for I think about two months. But soon as he like started but my dad was a bastard anyway, to be fair. If he, like, they told him to stay in bed. He was like, right, I'm going to be on that fucking chair in two days. And by <laughs> God, he did it. He didn't give a shit. He was like, I'm not lying in bed. I'm not fucking sick. He was, but he was like, I'm not letting you come and watch, look at me lying in the fucking bed with tubes everywhere. He made it his fucking business to make sure he was in that chair. And he did, every time. I kind of like his strong will. That's I mean, he was, kind he was of admire He was a defiant like old school mentality, isn't it, though? That's what Mm. Getting think, up and being fine and not showing I, weakness. I've, I, do, I'm a fair believer that the older generation are a lot stronger than what you know people give them credit for. Mm. I mean, oh, God, yeah. us, I'm a fucking snowflake, me. <laughs> I mean, fucking give me an illness and I'll fucking die. <laughs> give them it to me. I will. I'll be like fucking great. I'm fucking. I've got that. I'm dying. Great. Off a pot. Yeah, but I suppose you kind of hold and lay up in bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucking drama queen, mate. <laughs> you kind of had to be that strong will, though. Exactly. 40, think... 50, 60 years ago, it's like it was drummed into you, I think. And especially with the way we live now compared to how they used to live. Exactly. Yeah, we, we've got all the comforts. It's not It's not like we're... I know, like, there's still poverty and stuff, but it's not like we're down in the dumps and on the No, street. that's the thing. A lot of us have got... And the they only had three fucking they only had three fucking channels to watch on the TV if they were lucky to exactly. have one. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember when there was only two, and I know there was only one prior to that. God, um, I remember I when it. Channel 5 came on and I was dead excited because you play porn on a Friday night. <laughs> and how crap was Channel You can never tune it in. Am I on a good Channel 5? Oh, God. Thankfully, mine was crap, so I never had to put up with it. So, weird. Compared to the experience you had with your dad, how yeah. did it differ to when your mum went? Um, completely different because I wasn't there. I think I've said this before when we had the discussion of the depression. When I had my depression, I completely took myself away from everyone. Um, split them, basically split me and my mum and that side of the family up. 
because how can I put it? I couldn't face going back to them because I'd felt I'd let them down. Mm. So for a good few years, we were kind of estranged. And during that time, she fell sick. And unfortunately, she passed away. Now, I didn't get to know about her passing away. Well, the only way I found out of it was through a phone call. Um, and that just hit me in the gut. Because you know where you're like, I'll go down, I'll go and see, I'll go and make things. You know, always think you've got time. Yeah. And then to suddenly have that realisation that you haven't, it, it, your chance is gone. That's mm-hmm. something I'll never get over because I know I, it was my own fault. I could mm-hmm. have mended bridges, but it, it's weird. It's has the time Listen. got further, it got harder. Kind of like that thing of like, are they going to, you know, welcome you back or is it going to be that easy to just step back into each other's lives, isn't it? Or was yeah, because not... I, I just didn't feel I, I, I just didn't feel I deserved it anyway, over what I put everyone through. Even though I mean, it's the depression stage and all that kind of thing. I don't like using it as an excuse. No, I get what you're saying, but I think on the flip side, you were going through something, so you can't really put that blame on yourself. I know you it, do. Yeah. It is kind of like a guilt. Yeah, it was out of my control mentally. Yeah. But when you think back about it, it's you kind of had that argument with yourself. Could he have done something different? Yeah. Oh, hello. (laughs) Sorry. What are you doing? I clicked on something on my screen, like the videos popped up. (laughs) I'm double talking. It's fine. Well, no, I've heard that before. <laughs> no, but um, that side that was, I wouldn't say it was as traumatic as losing my dad, but it was different type of trauma. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Kind of like two completely different situations. Yeah, it's yeah. just mm. I can imagine that being really difficult, though. To be fair, because you've got the the thought, fact that you lost, just lost your mum and then yeah. the, the grief of that and then the guilt of not sort of not being in the life the way you wanted to be or so it it was because there was no oh, and did, as I say, if you didn't solve anything I never no, resolved I the situation yeah I mean and I suppose if you were estranged from your family you didn't really have them to support you with it either no, I mean, the day of the funeral was a bad one. Because, um, again, having to go there and see the rest of the family, knowing what's gone on, the guilt I felt, it, it, it's kind of weird because um, even though I was feeling the guilt about it, then I started saying, well, hang on, it's not me. It's not all about me. It's my mum's funeral today. Yeah. So was that able to was that was that able to be able to put things into perspective then and then sort of like approach family and have family approach you and sort of like put issues to bed 
or was it just more or less? Life? Yeah, because um, I'll say um, with the family situation, I I get on. I, I I love my family. If they ever need me, they know I'm only a text, a phone call away. Exactly. Um, Anything I can help them with, I gotta say it on there. Just give us a call. That's that's exactly. Fine. And I say, I think, because as I've got to know, I get that you're that type of person anyway. You do go out your way to help people. And I'd say, because you know, chatting to you on me as a, on my own, I find you quite, you know, approachable and funny. And you'd always lift, lift my little spirits up when I'm feeling a little down. Oh, thank you. I think over the years, I've learned not to be judgmental on others because you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, I think I find that hard because I am a judgmental little bastard at times. Yeah, I know, and there's times I just want to pull back and totally ignore you, which I'm going to leave this conversation now. You're upsetting me. <gasps> <laughs> no, I mean, I know I try not to be, but, you know, sometimes I just think, fucking hell, I hope you get it by a bus. Oh, to be honest, we all do that. There's going to be times yeah. where you look at someone and you're like, I really want to punch you in the fucking face. Yeah. It's like a daily occurrence for me. I'm like that because, you know, sometimes I really <laughs> just want you to be a fight. I really just want to call you a cunt and say, fuck off. It's like we were talking about That's it before. That's not to anyone in particular, by the way. <laughs> this, this pandemic thing has been ideal because we wear a mask. And as I was talking to you before, the amount of times I walk around, I go and just, Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. And you can't see it because of the mask. It's a lifesaver. Because I've probably been smacked in the face a few times. No, I think my face is at all. Don't know if I'm a bit pissed off. Doesn't matter <laughs> if I'm wearing a mask. You can fucking see it. Yeah, no, I'm my like face is the same. My eyes, so to give it away, I'm like that. I always it's get like told by one or two of our paranormal people to change my face because... People are going to know that I really don't like them. No. Yeah, I know how to lie with my eyes. I've been married. <laughs> uh, I can't. That is a gift I've not fucking developed. I'm like, <laughs> you will get it when you with, with maturity. Can I mature? I'm nearly fucking forty. <laughs> You're still a baby. You're not baby. mature now. You're never going to be. I don't want to be mature. Fuck it. <laughs> I have. I want to ask you two, son. Come on then. Okay. Oh, it's nothing bad. It's a question. Is it kind of wrong when a obvious response in my mind then was going to say about eight inches? Go on. <laughs> Only eight inches? You know what? From it's no, that is not the appropriate response. <laughs> okay. Right. Have we had I any wanna... comments, by the way? We have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to one or two of them in a minute. Oh, that's uh, right. I just want to. Audience participation. <laughs> Exactly, we like audience participation. And if anyone wants to send a question for these two idiots, feel free. Feel free. Made all night. I just want to be honest. Like we said, we're live. Anything can happen. God help me. There's a lot of editing I might need to do. (laughs) Don't edit. We're still dressed. What more do you want? Go on. Exactly. That's that's the best thing. Um, Right. Do you know where we said, because we keep coming back to the subject of men... And boys are not allowed to show emotion at any point. You're not allowed to show weakness or anything. Is the grieving process the only time where you are expected to break that kind of code of conduct? Is it? I is think it so. Is it the only acceptable thing that is seen that you can break that 
barrier. I don't. Do you know what though? Going back to you know when my mum's funeral, I never cried once. Did not cry at all. I don't know why. Not because I wasn't upset or wasn't devastated or whatever, but I never cried. Don't know what it was. Just never. Just there was not a single tear dropped. We'll keep a hold of that because that I, that brings me to my next question in a sec. But oh, yeah. I did. I didn't cry at me mum, my um, dad's funeral because I felt I had to be there for me mum. When my mum passed away, I I proper bald. I a snot bubbles and everything. <laughs> But God no, totally gone. But when it was me, me dad passed away. I felt I had to be stronger for my mother, give her the support. See, maybe that was what I'd say because I had younger brothers and and it was just weird because it was like five of us and we're all walking out and we're all holding each other's hands and they're all breaking down and I'm like. Well, I don't want them to see me cry. I don't want them to see me upset. No. I'm just trying to be all. She's out of pain. This is a good thing, and she's yeah, like, I, I was kind I'm, of the same, like at my mum's funeral, because we, we, I think I cried. I cried twice, three times. I'll admit, three times. One when we, they had to close the coffin, and we went outside. Um, I was fine. I'm, I'm always fine until someone says you're okay, or they pat me on, or they hug me, and then I've got, and then I break down. I can't, I can't help it. I have to shout at people to get off me and get away from me. <laughs> so if I'm ever cry, if I'm ever upset, and that's what I say to you, don't come near me because I'll just blubber like a baby. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Though? I know if you did that to me, I'd be like, that come here, just come fucking here, just come here, and I'm cuddling you, and I'll be like crying with you. I am emotional. <laughs> God no. But I remember. I remember that point where we come out and they were closing the coffin. I remember that. Um, sitting down at the church, because I actually seen her on the altar. Not from the coffin, but, you know, physically saw her on the altar watching us. Um, I'm to be like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I was about to, I was going to wave and then thought, no, I'm at your funeral. I can't do that. Yeah. Not very appropriate to the other people around you, really. No, not very appropriate. Hi, Why are you crying? He's fucking lost it. He's lost it. You've been drinking already. I'd lost it all that week. Yeah. Doing the eulogy, which I kind of thought I had to do. Um, Doing that was because I... I took my mum's cousin up with me to the altar because I was just like, if, if I break down, and I know I would, you're taking over, to which they said, she then told me when we got up there, I've not got my reading glasses, so I can't do it. <laughs> I think on your fucking bitch. I'd have kicked her. In my head, I was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Out loud, I kind of blubbered through it, and then the creme, when they played um, Pal of My Cradle Days, don't know whether you've heard it. Never did, do It's it's kind of like it's a song from a child's point of view of like seeing the mother and helping the, helping them grow up and stuff. So that kind of like hit me hard. Oh. Got that one. Um, but yeah, like I tried to stay strong until the eulogy because I knew that was where I had to get up and like look in front of look at everyone. 
and say these words and in my head it was just like keep going once that's happened you can break down all you want you can blubber like a baby and snuffle and everything but up until that point it was just like keep it together <laughs> i think as you know what like the initial when you know the suit first pass i think you're in a you're a fucking wreck it doesn't matter if you're a man woman child what you're a wreck and you know what you're you're bound to be break down you're bound to break because your whole it's like you've lost a part of you when they when the pit somebody who you love died like a part of you that's died with them mm. yeah and it's that... like as i say it's nothing that ever gets filled it's always missing it's always something that you're going to miss no matter what and it's always something you're going to think about on a regular basis because it's... It's, it's like when i asked you before about you know when like you got your mum's diagnosis and stuff because i know I did this and I know you two have like had many a conversation with me when of being not my best. Yeah. Um, cause like we got, a, we got hair diagnosis in, Oh, when was it? February, 2020. Now 2019. So like we had a full year and a half of treatment, doctor's appointments having a week of being on a high because they told us it had gone it had, which they said it was incurable anyway so they told us like it was that it was there's nothing there nothing nothing's there you're fine to then having an examination two minutes later so we've gone from like that massive high to like crashing down again within a, a, yeah. few, a few minutes to then getting a more confirmation to then passing away last August. So like I kind of had to, I don't know, mentally in my head, I was like, I need to grieve now before it happens because I know mentally, and I think Ian will back me up on this mentally. I would not have coped. I would have, God forbid, I would have been joining it. I think. Mm. Cause I know I've had many conversation with him late nights of like even blubbering to him which i don't do to him a lot but no but that mentality of like i've got to do it before it happens to kind of get me through it because we never we never had that though that's the thing we never had that sort of like getting told we got told on a sunday and then she was passed on the tuesday so it was kind of like, we didn't get given that sort of terminal diagnosis type of yeah. thing so and then with me dad it was completely out the blue it was just yeah mm. he was ill but it weren't like he wasn't as ill as what he'd normally been where he'd been in hospital for like 10 weeks at a time he was home he was fine it was just sort of an out the blue sort of experience so we never had we never had that build up even though with me mum was sick and <coughs> Yet we knew, we always thought, you know, she was going to beat it. It was always, but then again, we were kids, so mm. we were we were kind of shielded from it. I mean, even though I was 15 and I knew what was going on, I was still shielded from mm. the reality of it, really. It was yeah. always, I mean, because I think my mum, I think, as I say, my mum was one of the bravest people I've ever met. And she put on a, as I say, she was bloody do or die type of thing with her, with her treatment. It was either yes, and she got on with it. And it was never, 
I mean, it was only when she was like really bad with the last few days where she was in bed, mm. when she was going through all the chemo and everything, she was making sure she got up and she did things with us kids. Yeah. I say she was a strong willed woman, just like my dad was a strong willed fucker. But I say we didn't have that because we didn't get the, oh, this is terminal and you've only got so many months, so, so many years, whatever. We didn't get none of that. Mm. It was just mm. a, 24 hours type of thing, well, 48 hours. Is, is, because I want to, because I've never really had the, well, I have with other family members, but not someone close. Just as an opinion, is, do you think it's kind of better sometimes where it's like instant or do you think? To be fair, Having that long spell of ill, like knowing, like on on your side, yours was quick, and you weren't yeah. you weren't really aware. Whereas, like on my side, from the start, we knew, yeah, you we knew, knew our going. end goal. We knew what yeah. the end goal was going to be, and that was death. Exactly. I, 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 I don't Sorry, know. Do you, know where you may feel a little bit selfish because when they pass, there is that sounds horrible. There is that relief, but. Not so much that you're not having to see it and see this person decline and fade away, but the quickness, they're not in pain anymore. It is that. Yeah. And I do, because that's what I was saying, that, like thinking that my mum's through, and I was thinking she's not suffering anymore. Mm. And that's, I think, why maybe my emotions were sort of blocked because I was thinking this is a good thing for her. Okay, it was shit yeah. for us. And I didn't yeah. know what, you know, we didn't know what the future was going to bring for us because our whole world just crashed down in front of us. And my dad, like, my mum was my dad's life. They were, they weren't, they never spent a day apart. And since they got, since they got together, it was literally every single day they were together. So it, my dad, his world fell apart. So then he fell apart. Mm. So yeah. that's where I had to, so I was like, and my older brother, I mean, he was 17, he was going out with his mates, getting drunk, going clubbing and stuff. So I was, it, everything sort of fell on my shoulders to make sure that he, my dad was okay. My little brothers were all sorted. So I kind of gave up a lot, really. But like, as I say, up until about the age of 20, I stopped sort of like, everything was for my dad and my brothers. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I can relate to that. Especially like the last but year. But as I say, I'd, I don't know how I'd react if it was sort of like if I got given the diagnosis of, well, this is what you've got and this is how long they've got or you could have up to this. I, I would be so worried, sick of thinking, shit, is today going to be that day? Is today yeah. going to be? And I'd stop living. No. And that's not what it's about. And I know they wouldn't want you to be like that. And I know. And I think that would fuck with your mental health. And I know it would have fucked with mine. Because you're basically just counting down your days today. Yeah, yeah, you are. Basically. Because that's. And, I know that's what I was like. That's me. From. And I couldn't imagine that. And if you, as I say, and I can understand your point of view saying you had to mentally prepare yourself for it because you knew it was coming. It was inevitable. Yeah. It was just when, not when. If. Exactly, man. Yeah. Because like I know over like the three, like the year and a half, I had um about three bouts in three spells in counselling. 
just over that one year, one and a half year period, and I've still gone now because I, I think I've said this years before. Like once the funeral had gone, it was like a week before going back to work, and like in my head, it was like I either go back now or I don't go. I won't go back, and then again, like he's now like with within like a month of um. My mum going, my dad had diagnosed with cancer. So it it, it was like a, it wasn't even like a rest period. We had my mum gone and then that's right on top. Yeah. And yeah. he's had a stroke, he's had his treatment. So it's only kind of like the last month where he's got the all clear that we've actually been able to actually <laughs> breathe, breathe for a minute. And like even now. He is a proper little awesome man though. <laughs> oh my god, I love your dad. Awesome. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know your dad's name. I'm just like, can I fail and stuff? Every time he's in, he's like he's making like, noise yeah. when he's walking. He does, he needs to make a noise when he's walking. I was de- helping Bernard decorate the You're weekend. Like, and I'm there in the doorway getting the wallpaper off. And next minute this figure standing at the neck at the side of me. I swear to God, if I'd have had the scraper in the other hand, I'd have Fucking stab him in the head. You know what you just like to say? For God's sake. Ah, oh, fucking bear, it's that creeping Jesus. What was he was just standing going, you're all right. Fucking no. <laughs> Can you cough? Fart? Do something. Oh. I'm just standing there. I'm sure he does it on purpose, though. <laughs> Do you know what? After watching this, I think he will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be asleep on my couch one day, you'll be right up in your face going, hello. (laughs) Right, I think that's enough of the grief talk for tonight, because I think think it'll be another subject that'll come back. I'll be going going to sleep, fucking slip (laughs) mid-rest. No, you won't. No, you won't. If anything, go and sit in your garden. (laughs) Fuck that social distance shit. Come in my living room, we'll have a cup of It's too fucking cold. Are you still alive? (laughs) (laughs) Martin! Martin! (laughs) Right, before we go, we're going to give the main man his... Oh, God. (laughs) We still haven't seen any comments. I know, Sorry. We wanted a bit of audience participation. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, I'll I'll throw. Um, Right, Sophie, who we know from the churches. um, Yeah. Spiritual churches. Um, where are we? Where are we? Right. So Sophie threw up. I, I think this was relation to when you were talking, Martin. Um, she said that when she was fifteen, she lost her granddad. Um, she went through a friendship, a, a friendship, a friendship breakdown, um, and it affected her mentally. It took her almost eleven years to overcome and move on, so she can relate to what we're saying. And then. In sympathy with you, man, she's, it, you broke a heart. Ah, oh, sorry. Um, I'll me- please mend it. <laughs> and her other granddad found out he had cancer and only went into hospital with the nosebleed. And then two weeks later, he was gone. Um, and she got so she didn't get to say goodbye to them. Oh, um, look at- like, I just want to make the point of, even though we're like throwing it out, throwing this show out mainly for men. You it's know, nice we, to have a female. It's, it's nice to have I mean, the female opinion. I'm like half and half. I'm like the gay perspective. Yeah, and you I'm are, always you are. Open to a female. 
I'm quite open to females. Um, really, we're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and <it's> curious. <laughs> on that note, I'm making you full screen. Oh God, no! Going no to what has annoyed you this week? Oh, this is going to sound really random. But Put the disclaimer in first. <sighs> I'm not. What, what disclaimer? No, I'm not doing disclaimer. Whatever. The colour of pla plasters being white privilege. I've seen this on a few YouTube channels and I've never seen anything so fucking ridiculous in my life. Now, if you want to, there's a fella called Ruined Leon who does a whole video on this subject and I really wish you go and watch it because it's this stupid woman going on about these plasters being white privilege because of the colour. And then you get this gentleman, Ruined Leon, going, I couldn't care less about the colour of the plaster. At the end of the day, does it stop the blood? That is all a plaster really needs to be. And it it, it just dro drove me up the wall thinking, there's weird, more important things going on in the world over the colour of a fucking plaster. Yes, I'm getting a little bit pissed off about this because it really doesn't make sense to me. Now, I understand if the colour offends you. Why? Really, why? I would like to know. Because if, if it does what it's meant to do, where's the problem? I might be wrong, and I'd like your comments on this one, if you can put me straight on this. But if it's if it stops the fucking bleeding, the plaster's doing its job. It just gets to me how these this woman starts going on about it being white privilege and how we need to encompass other people's feelings. Well, feelings, it's gonna be fucking sore because it's a cut and it needs a plaster. And that that yeah, back to them too. Know what you need to do. You need to message this woman and say, does it offend you what colour your fucking tampon is? Well, the because thing is, what gets me on this doesn't... one is the, is the gentleman Leon, go and watch his video on YouTube. He's a black gentleman and he sees the stupidity of it. It's just this woman, I don't know whether she's, I, I, I you know what, I don't even know what she's trying to do. I don't follow it. Should it's message a fucking message it's or give me it's or give me blood. the info and I'll message and I'll find out I'll be like yeah. a fucking health cow. Fucking plastic, it's a vampire, it sucks your blood. A bit like you would did some, one of you's mentioned a tampon. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, why in my head then I just totally forgot about that because I was just going on about this is it, there's more important See, things I mean, to worry about. Exactly. All I've well, heard this week is about this plaster. Since last I'm week, prepared. all of it, every day is this bloody plaster, plaster. Thing is, you said come on, about the plaster. This day, yeah. What's got on your nerves? Well, this week, what's got on my nerves? Fucking plasters. <laughs> Apparently, he had a twenty-minute rant to himself in his living room. <laughs> for plasters. I, I had a proper long go at this video because I was just and I you couldn't know what? understand stupidity and. This what's annoyed Ian this week was going to be totally different until this plaster video came on. 
Oh, it was. Oh, I had this elephant. Um, I'd done research on this other topic, which I'll probably do next week. And I thought, next that week. looks great. And I looked up and then seen this woman going about, these classes are white privilege. I was like, you're talking. What the fuck are you going on about? And totally lost what I was going on with originally. You'll have to send me the link so I can have a look. Now we're out of lockdown. I really need to get out more. You do. Send me the link and then I'm going to message you. I feel you know like what? I I'll find a, it. I feel yeah. like I could have a good argument. On that note, fellas, I think it's time <laughs> to cut. Before Ian gets just too angry and his head just explodes. Yeah, I can yeah, say no. that'll pop. <laughs> I can see it with red in his Sorry. face there. No, no, it's not the anger. That's because I've got red lighting around the board in here. That's what. Yeah, the yeah, is. whatever, That's whatever. My excuse, and I'm sticking with it. On that note, we will leave it for tonight, and we will be back live next week on Tuesday at half seven. Enjoy, and we hope you have a good week. Thank Thanks you. Good night. Bye. Bye now. Bye.